0: Hallelujah Hallelujah Thank you Lord Thank you Lord If you have your Bibles And want to turn uh, uh, I'm not in uh, Anybody's book today But the Lord's No I just didn't feel the lessons That were scheduled for today Just didn't seem to fit I thought well uh, This uh Lesson just kind of will go hand in hand with the next uh, message if the Lord gets us to that in the next service. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Going to read down through verse 10. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. I love that. You take him as you find him. and That's the way you walk. Trying to change the relationship down the road. As you have received him, walk in him. Rooted, built up in him. Established in the faith. One Lord, one faith. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. I want to preach for a little while this morning on this thought. Called to completeness. God has called us to completeness. He don't leave anything half done. Come on, let's lift our hands and pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for, Lord, the instruction it gives. Thank you for the life it brings to us, God. We love you for the faith that encourages in us. And today, let our hearts be good ground to receive the seed of the gospel, Lord, that we could grow and be better, be strengthened by you. Help me for just a little while to feed Your precious people, your church, your bride. Lord, we just ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and shout of praise. Aren't you glad you can be complete in him? Praise the Lord. You can be seated. God bless you this morning. Just a bunch. God bless you a bunch this morning. You are complete in him. Well, we look for completeness in a lot of things. We try to find it in all areas and uh, but there's simply for those who have faith in his word and who trust the Lord we realize that I will never truly be complete without him. I can have an abundance and still not be complete. I can be rich with the things of this world and still be lacking in peace or in comfort or uh, in fellowship. I can I could have all things that I I could need for my physical well-being in this life, but without Him, I would still be incomplete. I would always be searching for something. I would always be trying to figure out what it is that's missing. Almost anyone that you talk to when they tell you about their conversion or their, their coming to the Lord will recount to you there was something missing. I tried this, I tried that, I was searching here, I was searching there, but just couldn't seem to find that missing piece. I couldn't find anything, that just brought me the peace that I was so desiring, that was bringing me the comfort that I needed, uh, the strength just to walk day to day. Something was missing, so I tried this and I tried that, Uh, I, I, I tried to... Uh, create uh, an image for myself. I tried to do anything I could. It was educations. It was jobs. It was relationships. I I just tried it all, but somehow it always came up short. And I will tell you today that it will always come up short. It doesn't matter how long the world endures and what century we make it into. There will never be enough man-made devices or inventions or traits or, or things that we could add to ourselves that will complete us. You know what will happen? We'll gather so much, we'll just be weighted down. That's why Paul, or the writer in Hebrews wrote, said, lay aside the weights. Oh, we, we've tried to run this race with things. This way. I'm going to run this Yeah, I want to run in that race because I want to make it to heaven one day, but I'm trying to do it by adding things to myself. I'm trying to do it by my way, but that just becomes a weight. But if I'm looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, if he's the author and the finisher, is complete. I am complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. God has called us, the church, the bride, to completeness. We were not meant to be half done, half baked, (laughs) as some might say, but we are to be made whole. And so Paul wrote uh, to the church here. He said, as you have received Christ the Lord, so walk in him and be rooted, built up in him. This is all headed toward completion, established in the faith. As you've been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. And now be careful because there's always going to be somebody trying to take away part of what you got. They want to take away what was given to you in Christ. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Oh, don't you know that in the world today, this is how they serve the Lord. Don't you know in the world today, this is what they believe about Jesus. But what does this say about him? Because he was the word made flesh that dwelt among us. In him, uh, friend, is where we're complete. And in this word is where you'll be complete. And if we live and we start subtracting parts of this word from our life, you just need to know you're going to be incomplete. God did not call us to, be, uh, to serve him just half-heartedly, but with all of our heart. He said, if you want to find me, you'll seek me with All your heart. Won't be any of this, uh, well, when I get there, I'll do it. No, it's going to be a complete and total devotion to him. We're going to serve the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. If If we're going to be complete in him, we're going to have to completely give ourselves to him. I can't just treat him like a habit can't treat him like a fad. I can't treat him like a social club. I can't treat him as an accessory to my life. He is my life. Come on, somebody. Oh, I'm telling you, that God's calling us back to completeness. God is calling us back to completeness. He is calling us back uh, to, to look and to see and to understand that without me, you can do nothing. That was his words. He said, without me, you can't do anything. Anything, anything that matters, anything that'll get you to heaven, anything that'll get you there because without me, there is nothing. Without me, you are incomplete. You have no real motive without me. You have no passion without me. You have no real love without me and you have no real destination without me. I want to be found in him. And so Paul warned, he said, be careful of those that are coming to spoil you by every other thing except Him. They want to talk about everything but Christ or have all this stuff and add it to Christ. But he said, but in Christ dwells all the fullness. He's complete. He's completely man. He's completely God. All the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in Him bodily. Everything that you could see about God was in Him. That's why he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so then he Turns it back to us. He says, In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, is completely wrapped up in Him. And you, the church, the body, the bride, are complete in Him because He is the head of all principality and power. Jesus was always, from the time He walked this earth, He was always making people whole, making people complete. Even when He would heal a physical ailment, He would say, Thy sins are forgiven. He didn't just heal. He said, it "Don't do me any good just to fix your, your, uh, you, you know, your issue of blood. It doesn't give me any uh, I, I'm not really doing anything for you if, if all I' do is open your blinded eyes if you're still lost." He, he said, "I want you to be complete. I want you to be made whole." And so Jesus was always saying, "Take up your bed and walk." <laughs> you know, uh, he, he wasn't about laying around anymore. You are now complete in Him. And that's the way it was then, and that's the way it is now. Jesus intends on us being complete. When we find him uh, and we embrace him by faith, when we receive what he's got for us, there is no lack. That's why he told the woman in John chapter 4, he said, look, he said, I know that you've been searching for something to complete you. I know that you've been searching for something to make you whole, and you've struck out five times. You've had five husbands and now you're back to the plate and the one you got now, it's not even your husband. But if you just knew the gift of God, and if you knew who it was that was here to offer it today, if you just knew what was standing before you, you would ask me for living water because you're going to keep coming back to this well and drinking over and over and over. You'll always be lacking. But if you'll take this living water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. He said, what I give you will make you complete. What I'll give you will make you whole. You won't have to spend your time uh, uh, searching the dating apps and searching the dating sites trying to find somebody else to feel uh, what only I can feel. Let me tell you about something. Being single is not a handicap. (laughs) Being single is not a handicap. If that's where you are in your life, then just embrace it. Because God can work with you while you're single. God can use you while you're single. Hey, Paul was single. Didn't affect his ministry. You know, I've wondered sometimes if that thorn in his flesh was not loneliness. Maybe Paul wanted a companion. Maybe Paul wanted a wife. I don't know. But he he knew, he said, this is where God's put me and this is how God's called me. And if if I'm single, if I'm by myself, if I'm an unmarried man, it's not going to hinder. And so you quit being so quick to just grab somebody so you'll look normal. Got too many people, they say, jumping out of one bad relationship right into another because they're afraid people think something's wrong with them if they don't have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Meddling pastor." But I'm telling you today that that individual will never make you whole. (laughs) That individual will never complete you. And and man, let me tell you, men, we ain't big enough or bad enough or good enough to complete our woman. So we think like, honey, you won the lottery when you got me. Well, maybe, maybe she did. My wife said I was the last Coca-Cola in the desert. But I am not foolish enough to believe that I can complete her. I know and I will push her to it. There is nobody that can complete you but Jesus. And if you really love somebody, you'll be pushing them toward the Lord. When they, and I know sometimes just it's the way we talk. We'll say, oh, you complete me. Of course, that's really cheesy. But, uh, but you know, you're know going to mess around and say it when it's just you and your honey. But what your honey ought to have uh, something to do say, honey, I realize what you're, I know what you're saying and I appreciate it, but stop saying things that are true. Because only Jesus can complete you. Yeah. Make sure your husband or your wife or your significant other realizes this right now and gets it in their mind that there ain't nothing that can complete you but the Lord. Yeah, yeah. come on. And hey, you can be complete. That, that's why I'm telling you, that's why singleness is not, it's not an affliction. It's not a handicap because single people have Jesus. That means single people are complete. They're complete before they get anybody else. You should be complete before you get somebody else. All right. Well, that's good. Listen, there is in this world a thief that would love to steal and kill and destroy. There is a roaring lion that seeks whom he may devour. And all these things, that, that stuff that takes away, that makes you incomplete. There is an accuser of the brethren that makes us feel like we are less than what Jesus made us. Come on. But don't believe it. God has called us to completeness. And as you have received him Walk in him. You remember what you got when you got him and you hold on to that. Don't fall away. One place it says, hold fast to that that you have. Come on, we got this time for the church to hold on to what Jesus gave them. It's time for you to hold on to that faith. It's time for you to hold on to that strength. It's time for you to hold on to that completeness you found in him. Oh, it was joy unspeakable and full of glory when we found the Lord, when we got down and repented of our sins and we were baptized in that name of Jesus and the blood was applied and it washed us clean and white as snow. When he filled us with the Holy Ghost, we were like, I don't need anything else. For greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. That means he's greater than anything I could gain in this world. But what would it profit you if you gain the whole world, but then lose your own soul because Gain in the world will never complete you but the one that saves you is where you are complete praise God uh, so let me tell you something friend you hold on you hold on to it or you get it back but you don't live without it because God called you to completeness Whatever Christ Jesus gave you as you have received it, so walk. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. Don't go nowhere else. Don't go to any other false doctrine. Don't go to any other false hope. Don't go to any other thing in this world. He said, abide in me and I in you so you can bear the fruit that I intend you to bear. Listen, we've got to stay with him if we're ever going to be what he called us to be. If we, if we get outside of him, we are incomplete. And we're just, he said, you're just good for nothing but picking up and throwing into the fire. I want to stay with him. I want to hold fast to what he's given me. I want to make sure that I am abiding in him. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad that he that begun a good work in you shall perform it? Oh, I'm glad today that I've got confidence that Jesus is going to keep me. If I'll stay with Him, He's going to keep me full. The psalmist said, When I'm with Him, my cup runs over. It's completely full, and then some. I am complete. In him, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because I am complete in him. He gave me living water and I don't desire the things that I used to have. I don't look back to the country from where I came from. I'm not trying to get back to some form of fashion of what I used to be, but I want to grow in him. I want to learn more about him. I want to be more like him. like I received him, perfect, pure, and holy. That's the way I want to walk in him. I want to serve him in sincerity and in truth. I I don't want to be hiding nothing from the Lord, and I sure am not going to live with less than what he gave me. Mm -hmm. Boy, we learn sometimes to do without in this life, but I'm not going to learn to do without what I can have in him. And I'm not going to learn to do without what he's already given me. In Luke chapter 15, the Lord was speaking parables about lost things. And in uh, verse 8, he said, Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver. Now listen, she has ten pieces. She has. He didn't say she had. He says she has. If she lose one, he didn't say if she had 10 pieces and lost one. He said if she, she still has 10 pieces, she just can't find or figure out where one went. So if a woman having 10 pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, will she not light a candle, sweep the house, seek diligently till she find it? And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I had lost Let me tell you I'm glad today That I've got what I've got This woman had ten And she said I'm not going to be satisfied with nine I wish that the saints of God Could just stand up and say I'm not going to be satisfied with nine <laughs> I'm, I'm not You all to wake up in the morning And say woo this is the day that the Lord has made And I won't be satisfied with nine Because I have ten a per, you know, we, we use a, a perfect 10 they, they turn a flip in gymnastics Boom a perfect 10 it, Why was it perfect it didn't lack nothing It was complete they, Complete flip everything was in order It was complete there wasn't nothing wrong with it It was a 10 Let me tell you, It'll always be a 10 with God It'll always be a per, perfect 10 with him Whatever you do for him If you live for him and trust him and walk in him It will be perfect It will be complete But we've got to learn, you know, we we are satisfied with our Savior and we ought to be. We used to sing that old hymn, I'm so satisfied with my Savior. But I am not going to be satisfied with almost having everything. That ain't completeness. That's not what God called you to. That's not what God called me to. He didn't call me to almost be saved. He didn't call me to almost preach. He didn't call me to almost pray. He didn't call me to almost get up and go to church. He didn't call me to almost give or to almost fast. He called us to completeness, to do the things that the scripture tells us to do. If we live by every word that proceedeth out of his mouth, we'll be complete. I'm not going to be satisfied with less than I should have. She says, I have 10. That's what I love about it. I have 10. I just got to find one that went missing. But it's still mine. You know why? Because the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And what God gave you, maybe you've misplaced it. It says she had to sweep the house. Maybe she let things get a little dirty. Maybe she let things get a little out of order. And so she couldn't see it or couldn't find it, couldn't realize how to get in touch with it anymore. But she said, it's still mine. And I'm not going to walk around in the house because that's where it's at and act like it ain't there for me. Ain't no sense in coming to this house and doing without what God gave you. Hello, somebody. There ain't no sense in coming to the church of the living God to this house of prayer, this house of worship, this house of miracles and then doing with just nine, find number 10. Find what you've been missing. Her motivation, she had a revelation and I would to God that we would get it. Her motivation was this, is that the one piece is just as important as the whole because it's part of the whole. Without that one it's not whole. Ten. I've got ten. I have ten, not nine. That's what I... Hey, hey, lady, how many pieces of silver you have? I have ten, but I can only show you nine. I'm looking, though. You know, that's the thing is that we don't want to get satisfied with nine. We don't want to just be satisfied with nine. We want to do what it says there in the Scripture. We want to light a candle. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to light a candle, uh, to make sure I'm, I'm finding, uh, I, I want to start sweeping, I want to start searching. Paul said this to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1 and 14. He said, that good thing which was committed unto thee, keep, keep it by the Holy Ghost that dwells in us. Oh, the power of the Holy Ghost helps you to keep that walk with God. The power of the Holy Ghost to help you keep your consecration to God. That power of the Holy Ghost will help you to keep your prayer life going. Come on, somebody. It'll help keep you faithful in your studying and in your worship. Uh, friend, the Holy Ghost will keep your testimony. It'll keep you walking the path of righteousness. It'll lead you into all truth. It'll do more than just get at you talk in tongues, but uh, the Holy Ghost will operate in the gifts in, through you. Friend, let me tell you don't give up. Don't stop searching. If you've lost a piece, that's all right. Maybe it's, it's missing somewhere, but it's still yours. It's still yours. It was still hers. You know, if you lose your wallet and somebody else finds it, ain't none of that finders keepers. It's your wallet. Now, they might keep it, but it's your wallet. The money that's in it, it's your money. The credit cards in it, your credit cards. The driver's license in it, yours. Everything that's in there, that's yours. Just because it's out of your possession at the moment does not mean it's yours. And then we really hope we get reunited with it. But let me tell you, more than that, there are things that we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. There are gifts and there are callings, there are anointings that have been given that have made us whole. And somewhere ones went missing. But I'm telling you today, it still belongs to you. But you're gonna have to turn the light on. You're going to have to say, I'm not going to be satisfied with just nine. I've got a revelation of the wholeness. I've got a revelation of the completeness. And I'm not going to be satisfied with nine. I'm not going to. You know, what happens is we get satisfied. We just start, we start weighing it out. I got nine. You know, nine. Nine is, you know, I'm just missing one. I still got nine. I mean, nine. You know, wow, nine. You're supposed to have them all. Well, yeah, because you, cause you get like that, where does it stop? Well, I got eight. I watch it happen. I've seen it happen over 15 years as a pastor, and I've watched people uh, lose their coins and never seek after them and think, well, I got this and I got that, so I'll be all right. Let me tell you, God didn't call you to just be all right. He called you to be complete. He called you to be whole. And he said, I've given you greatest, seed, and precious promises, and you're supposed to have all of them. When you get the Holy, Holy Ghost, he said, keep that thing by the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, you get all those gifts. Yeah. And, friend, I'm telling you today, there's been anointings and calling and stuff that people have walked away from because they've weighed out. You know, some of them say, well, hey, I, well, I lost three, but I got seven. And, hey, you know, seven, that's God's numbers, that's completeness. We can talk ourselves into anything. Yeah, yeah we, we can deceive ourselves. We can say, wow, yeah, we, we could spiritualize loss. So we can justify ourselves from not doing what God called us to do. But God said, if you put your hand to the plow and you start looking back, my friend, you're not fit for the kingdom. We need to put our hand to the plow and keep on moving. Keep moving forward. He said, follow me. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to make something out of you. When you follow me, I've got to keep going with him. And friend, let me tell you today, we need to not get satisfied with just having well I got more than I got more than I don't have you know that ain't what God said ain't no scale ain't no balances in this walk with God good outweighs the bad God said I called you to completeness I called you to wholeness and if I have it honey I'm going to hold it fast but if I lose it friend you better believe I'm going to start searching it says she lit a candle you know what that reminds me of Jesus said, no man lights a candle. and puts it on a bushel, but he puts it on a candlestick so it lights up the whole house. You don't stop serving God just because you've misplaced something. If your prayer life is missing all of a sudden, honey, will you keep praising? But you don't get satisfied with not praying. Or if your praising has slacked off, that you just keep on praying until you start praising again. But you don't stop doing all the other stuff. You don't stop living for God. You don't start, stop shining the light. You let people see, I'm trying to get better. I'm sweeping the house. I got to find what I lost. It's mine. it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It may not be right here in my possession. I might not be able to put my hand on it right now, but it still belongs to me because the promises of God are in him. Yea, And in him. Amen. And those gifts and calling are without repentance. And and God gave me that gift. Maybe I've let things clutter up. I just need to start sweeping so I can see how to get back to my consecration. So I can see how to get back to to that calling, to that gifting. I've let the weights of this world and I've let things get in my life. and And somehow or another, this thing that I have, I can't seem to put my hand to it. I can't find it right now, but it's still mine. It's just lost. It's not somebody else's possession. God's not going to take your gift. And say, well, I just, you, you, you lost it, so I picked it up and said, find us keepers. I gave it to somebody else. That's not what God will do. Turn that light on. Get that light shining. Get that light shining. You know, all that light comes on when we come to him. That's what, what he's saying. Turn that light on like you did when you first found me. One man said, called to remembrance the former days after you were illuminated, after the light came on. Uh, remember how you endured, how strong you were, how, how strong your faith was. Go back to the, that, that. What do you do when you've lost something? You start backtracking. I say, I need to, where's the last place I had them? So say, I came in, I drove up. And then that, that's how you find, you start in your mind, you start backtracking. Where was the last place I saw this? And sometimes that's the way we need to get. Where was the last place? How was I? What was I doing? When this was operating, when this was working, when those dreams were coming, when those visions were happening, when I was giving those messages, when I was preaching, when I was testifying, when I was singing, when I was doing all this, where was I at? And if we can just get back to that place of prayer and consecration, if we can, uh, you know, we treat the altar like it's a one time place, but friend, if we can find an altar where we can get down and pray and worship God in sincerity and truth and, and, and let the tears begin to flow again and, and begin to get a passion for Him again, God's going to make us complete. Don't let your light stop shining. And don't stop sweeping. Sometimes you got to do some deep cleaning to find that thing that you still own. It's still yours. Sometimes you're going to have to get down and do the baseboards so you can find it. You might have to move a few things and look under it to see where it's at. But if you do, if you examine yourself, the scripture says examine yourself to make sure you're in the faith. Make sure that you're where you need to be. Man, I left my handkerchief somewhere. Paul said this, well, first, you remember that old song, 99 and a half won't do? Oh, we, yeah, that's, that's Lord, I'm running, trying to make a 100. 99 and a half won't do. But 99 and a half's pretty close. I make a 99 on a test. I'm like, yeah. But there's some people that they make a 99, they're depressed. What did I miss? Because I know all of this information. I'm upset because I know it. And they can't stand it. I got to make a hundred. Oh, that's the way the saints of old used to be. Lord, I'm running trying to make a hundred. Ninety-nine and a half won't do. I, I can't slack off. I can't lay out. I can't give up. I can't back up. I got to keep on going for you. Because eternity is at stake. Him, lest we forget, Jesus is coming back. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. And he's going to see what we've done with what was given. What have we done with what he gave us? Eternity is at stake. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul was worried. He, he was so worried about the church because they were being twisted and turned by some of the Jewish community and they were trying to bring them back under the law and do some things and make them get away from what they had just experienced. He, he said, Oh foolish Galatians who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. And so who changed your mind? It was evident. You saw it. You believed it. You embraced it and you were changed. And now, uh, Somebody's moving you off the truth. He said, And this only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And he said, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Friend, we cannot, we cannot do without what He gave us. We've got to have what He gave us. He gave us that to make us complete. And Paul said, if, he said, if we or an angel from heaven come and preach any other gospel, let him be accursed. And then he repeated himself. He said, I'm going to tell you one more time in case you didn't hear me the first time. And he said, because you've got this gospel, the way you received it, you need to walk in it and you need to believe it. And don't let anybody move you off of this. Do you really think, having begun in the spirit, that now you're going to be made perfect by the flesh? Like you, you can just appease your flesh and everything's going to be all right. The Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are enemies. The carnal mind is an enemy. And so the flesh is an enemy. How do you think you're going to shake hands with the enemy and still walk in the spirit? It's mm. the truth. We've got to keep the faith, we've got to keep what we started with. Paul said at the end of his life, he said, I finished. My course. That means I completed it. I fought a good fight. What were you fighting for? The faith. The Bible says for us to fight that good fight of faith. We, need, we got to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered. Paul said, I kept the faith. I kept it. I didn't, slide, I didn't, I didn't divide it up. I didn't shave it down. But I kept it like it was given to me. Paul said, I didn't get my gospel from anybody else except the Lord. He said, I didn't go up talking to all these people, to Peter and to John and all these people to find out what I'm supposed to be preaching. He said, but the Lord gave me my gospel. And, that, and Paul was preaching, but guess what? He was preaching the same thing Peter and all them were preaching. So he said, I got it from the Lord. ain't going to be a, a gospel for this one and a gospel for that one. There's one gospel. There's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. That's just the way that it is because that makes you complete. So we need to remember where we started. Paul said, I kept the faith. And that's when he said, we're going to get our crown. When we keep the faith. Listen, if we leave the Lord, we're going to search all over for, uh, for what, uh, to fill what he gave us. We're going, to, we're going to search everywhere trying to replace what he gave us. And, and trying to fill that void, trying to fill that hole, trying to be complete again. And you know what's going to happen? We fail. And that's when we realize that it's only what God gave us that'll make me whole. You're not going to be able to replace uh, your gifting with anything else and it'll make you feel better. You will not be able to replace your calling. Oh, there's people that have callings and giftings on their life and friend, they're not operating and working and walking in those callings right now. And I can tell you this, that those people are miserable. I don't know, pastors seem like they're pretty happy. Oh, everybody uh, puts on a brave face. But let me tell you, when, when you're by yourself, when those thoughts are all your own, you know inside I'm not doing what I'm called to do. I'm not being who God told me to be. And friend, I don't want to ever find myself incomplete. But if I do, God help me to remember to light that candle and grab that broom and start sweeping Because I don't want to be incomplete. I want to be made whole. I want to be what he called me to be. We've got to keep the faith. We keep what we started with. If we lose it, we restore. We don't replace. We don't replace it. Because there is nothing that can replace it. I just read that, Galatians chapter 3. I just did that. We can't go back to this world. Look at, uh, put Galatians 4 and 9 up. That's it. But now, after you have known God, or rather that you've known of God, because you abide in Him, He abides in you. So now that you've known Him and you're known by Him, how do you turn back to the weak and the beggar? You know what a beggar I need something. I need something. That's what we were in the world. We were beggars in this world. Give me something to satisfy me. Give me something to fill this hole. Give me something to plug up this void in my life. But you'll never fill it with anything because it was made for the Lord. And he said, do you desire again to be in bondage? Are you trying to go back to your bondage? Are you trying to go back to the thing? Because that's what it is. You go back to the world. You go back to those elements and you just... Here, put the cuffs on me. Put the chain on my feet. Lock the prison door because that's where you're headed. And when we lose the revelation of the value of the one piece, we stop searching. When we think that that piece that's missing now really ain't that important, we stop searching. We become become satisfied, complacent. When we lose the revelation of the value of that one piece, we don't try to try to restore anymore we just try to replace it but nothing is going to replace it because nothing else can bring the value back or the wholeness or or the completeness you can't have nine silver coins and be like man i got on this shelf it's got a slot for 10 well let me just put a button right here let me put a a a, a lid to a jar up there let me let me just put something round up there it kind of looks like it same color And people are going to walk in and say, "Mm, nine pieces of silver and a button. You know, if you had all ten pieces, this thing would be worth something. But without that one, the value goes sharply down. I know it, but I just got tired of looking. I didn't feel like seeking. I know it's mine. I just know where it's at. I think you ought to understand something, lady. It's valuable. That one thing is so valuable. You ask me, you just look at your body. Hey, I got 10 fingers. I don't want to lose none of them. I got 10 toes. I don't want to lose none of them. I got two feet. I don't want to lose either one of them. I want to be whole. Can you live without one of them? Sure. Sure. But that's not the way God intended it. God created man with ten. He gave you two lungs. Can you live on one? You can. I know people that have done it. But I don't want to. But I tell you what, you can't live without your heart. Yeah, and where your treasure is, your heart's going to be also. Oh, I want to make sure that I realize that what he gave me, it's still mine. And maybe I've lost it. Maybe I've come out of touch with it. Maybe I hadn't seen it in a while, but it's still mine. And I'm going to light a candle. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to try to replace it, but I'm going to restore. I'm going to find it. I'm going to put this piece back. Don't start weighing them out, saying, well, I got this, I got that. Mm-mm. We don't want to do like that. I don't want to weigh out everything and be like, well, I got nine. Just missing one, it don't matter. How have we talked ourselves into doing less? Less for the kingdom and less for the king of the kingdom. How have we convinced ourselves that doing less is better for us? Oh, listen. We start weighing it out and we start slicing it off. And we start justifying one piece missing, two piece missing. Listen, it won't stop. And then once the enemy knows you're selling out, he won't stop until there's nothing left. He's going to work you till you let go of all of it. In 2 Timothy 3, he warned Timothy about a day that was coming. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. He said, These are the kind of people that we'll be looking for. Men shall be lovers of them, their own selves. Not so much in love with what God gave me anymore. I just, I love myself. Love yourself. All that nonsense about love is love. Nonsense. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, no natural affection. They are truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, they're fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady high-minded, and now lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. And this is what he says about those people. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They look like everything is all right, but they're missing the spiritual stuff that goes along with it. And so in their ability to act and in their ability uh, to do for the kingdom, it's not even there, because they are lovers of pleasure more than lovers. They have replaced part of the ten with things from this world, and and feel like if you know you know they, well. Let's see, I can just I still got eight pieces, and you know that's good. I'll, I'll just put these two things here, and that'll give me a little something else to do. Anything else? We you know, when the activity of the Spirit slows down or stops in our life, the activity of the flesh is just going to ramp right up. Because as soon as the flesh realizes, hey, they're not walking in the Spirit no more, he's going to say, let's jump on them. Let's tempt them. Let's turn them. Let's talk to them. If you think your flesh isn't looking for an opportunity to get you off the track, it is. That's why we must walk and live in the Spirit. You know, well, you know Pastor, it's just one thing. I'll tell you what Jesus said about one thing. A young ruler said, what do I need to do to have eternal life? He said, you know the commandments. He said, yeah, I've kept them since my birth. He said, but you lack one thing. And he said, you know what? That one thing's too much. And he turned and he walked off. He said, I'm not going to lay aside my stuff for Jesus. He won't know how to get to heaven. And Jesus told him, but he said, I don't think enough of you to lay it down but Jesus called us to completeness and he went away sad and Jesus loved him. But you don't serve him on your own terms. You've got to follow the word of God. We, you can stand with me, honey. You can come on to the music. You stand with me this morning. We have been called to completeness and you are complete in him. Not complete in them, complete in him. He is the head of all principality and power. If you have it, hold it. Hold on to it. Hold it fast. But if you've lost it, I'm begging you today, seek it. Don't get satisfied with living incomplete. Don't get satisfied with living without the whole set. You know, Collectors, go crazy over stuff like that. We'll spend crazy money to have the complete set of something. You know, I, I know. I'm like that. I'm like that. collect stuff and, and I'm like, I got to have every one. And I'll be on eBay looking for it and I'm, I'm trying to find because I want the set to be complete. And it it's, it's just, and that's just something that don't mean nothing. It don't mean nothing. It's just a hobby of mine. It's just what I, something I do, something that kind of brings me a, a, a little, it's, it's like a little escape for me sometimes. Just you know, I, I like doing that. It's just like playing. Some people play golf or fish, whatever. You know, but it's just the same. It don't mean nothing. But what I'm telling you is that people will search and seek for the things that don't mean nothing at all just so they can say I got all of them. I got all of it. I want to have all that Jesus has given me I want to have all that he said I could have I am complete in him and in the story of the woman with the coins you see she never could rejoice she could replace something she could put something else in its spot but she could never rejoice till she found the missing piece you'll never have that joy of the Lord You'll never have joy unspeakable. You'll never be able to, she said, I, she could even tell others, look, I found it again. You'll never be able to convince others that you really got something until you find it all, till you keep it all, till you hold on to it all. Be complete in Him. Because when she found it, she called her friends and they said, come and rejoice with me. For that peace that was lost is found again. I've, I've got it again. And only when we find it can we truly rejoice. We need to answer the call to completeness. We need to seek until we find. Knock until it's opened. Come on, we need to do those things. We need to ask so we can begin. We got to find what's been missing. Let's lift our hands this morning as we pray one more time together. Why don't you answer the call to completeness this morning? Oh God, we praise you for the great exceeding promises that you've given us. And Lord, I pray today that it'll be a desire in our heart, God, that we'll get a revelation in our spirit of the value of that one coin, of that one piece, Lord. That Lord, we've got to have everything that you've given us, that we can have everything you give. We don't have to do without God. You didn't take it from us, Lord. But God, I know we can find it again. We can find a place of passion again. We can find a place of consecration again, a place of devotion once again, God, where we're walking every step following you. Oh, God, help us, Lord, that if we do misplace it, if we do lose it, God, to never give up, but realize that it still belongs to us. Lord, let us answer a call to completeness today. Lord, and be everything you intended us to be. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning? Being complete isn't a daydream. And it isn't wishful thinking. But it's the will of the Lord. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service.